This is Prep Spotlight on 740 The Fan and 740thefan.com. Headings guard for the win of the title. Yes! Yes! Hey, Hedder! Hey, Hedder! And Hillsborough, Chaco Valley are the state champions. Can you believe it? Chase Miller and Brad Anderson will give you the lowdown on high school athletics up and down the Red River Valley. Spartans with the basketball up by seven and breaking the press as Peach goes coast to coast off the window. Count it. Bucket. Got it. Good. The Kidwood Vikings celebrate at center court. They have themselves a state championship in an unbeaten season. 26-0. The Kidwood Vikings defeat the North Star Bearcats 49-42. This is Prep Spotlight. Y'all ready for this? A good Wednesday evening. Crazy to think that the winter sports season is upon us, but we've already had wrestling duels and matches. We've already had hockey on both sides of the river. We've had girls basketball, boys basketball is just around the corner, and it is full-fledged winter sports season. Chase Miller, Brad Anderson. Last night, the Kindred Vikings, well... As you heard in the opening montage there from Brad Anderson, a lot of girls have left from last year's state title team, but they get a win over Hillsborough Central Valley. We'll continue with our North Dakota Class B coverage tomorrow on our brother station, 104.7 Duke FM. Some more Region 1, Region 2 teams as Northern Cast. They will host Mayport CG at 7.30 tomorrow night on our brother station, Duke FM. Coming up, we'll talk a little Moorhead Spud Hockey, but before then, Brad... It is this time of the year, and I personally am a basketball fan of, mm-hmm. of all sports from, you know, the f- the fifth graders to to the traveling to middle school to high school to college and the pros. You could put me in a gym for 12 hours, and I would be just fine with it. Give me a bag of popcorn and a hot dog and a soda. I could sit there for about 12 hours, but uh, we're getting right into it already, Brad. I'm not even into the month of December yet. Yeah, no doubt about it, and uh, you always think you need to get in basketball mode, and you think... Um you know, one of my side gigs doing junior college basketball that I, I've got a, I've got a lot of games under my belt and I get ready for the high school ranks and it's going to be a lot of fun. And there's, you know, interesting, we're always kind of looking for storylines and kind of, you know, projections and what we think is going to happen. And, you know, you probably need that first month of the season or so to kind of, kind of shake the tree and see who's, uh, who's going to stand out above the others. You know, I was kind of curious last night to see Kindred, you know, beat Hillsborough Central Valley, I think HCV. It's had a good program here in recent years. They should be on the up and up, and uh, and and you never know with Kindred losing so much and a lot of talent from last year's squad. But it's like they're ready to reload and, and be in the conversation again in Region One. For Region One, Brad, is this Kindred's to lose? Is uh, Lisbon coming back? Uh, you take a look at what Richland had. Did they lose too much to to make a team that could possibly make state? So if we go from Region One, who might be the front runners right now in Class B girls hoops? I think you have to have Kindred until proven otherwise i mean they're the state champions and obviously they're going to be retooling a lot of youth um a new head coach probably the same same philosophy going on there i think probably you know oak grove probably be in the conversation and Lisbon with elizabeth lions uh is certainly going to be you know their aspirations are pretty high but they've never really made a run in recent years so we'll see how that shakes out uh northern cast will be improved central cast got some athletes from that volleyball squad so you know, I think it's probably kindred. Everybody kind of chasing the field at this, you know, at least to start. From their region two, we, like I said, we got a couple of region one, region two matchups in Hillsborough Central Valley. They're going to be going down to Richland later this week for their next game against the Colts. But region two, Brad, you mentioned Hillsborough Central Valley, kind of been titled town up there with the Class B Boys Basketball Championship last year. You saw what they did in cross country this fall. And all of a sudden, in, in a 1A for football, they win the state championship in North Dakota. So up there, Thompson's have been a perennial power. A 
you got Park River that's kind of been been in the mix a little bit as well. So who's going to be coming out of Region Two? Do you think the top three or four teams? I think those probably those two. Grafton's probably in the mix. Um, Hillsborough Central Valley might be a possibility. Maybe Drayton Valley Edinburgh is uh, is projected to be in the top three or four as well. And in that super region, it's been interesting to see kind of the balance of power has been kind of the northern half, kind of the 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 days of. Uh, be about District Four back in the days before they made the, the the switch to the Super Region, and you know Thompson was just so much so much experience in, in getting there, and it's just a program that's uh, it's reloaded here over recent years. Park Rivers had a good run of good athletes uh, on the on the girls side, but I'd say those two, and I can't forget about Grafton as well. We'll talk a little bit about the EDC, but let's get to the Minnesota side of the border, Brad, and a girl that's uh, hooping it up pretty well right now for the Moorhead Spuds, and that's Sam Hybe, and she's going to be going to Nebraska as well, made her official commitment there, but she breaks the all-time scoring record in Spuds history with still pretty much this season uh, left in front of her. She's a pretty good athlete. Who on the Minnesota side are you going to be kind of watching uh, locally here in the Fargo-Moorhead area? Well, obviously, we'll, we'll see how far the uh, the Spuds can go with Sam Hybe. 45 last night, and... You know, always a very competitive section. They you know, they went down to the Twin Cities and and beat Elk River and broke a long lose or broke a long winning streak for Elk River. So that was impressive. So the Spuds, I think, will be definitely in there. DGF's getting some uh, some pub. DGF in the top ten in Class AA. Um, you know, Holly's got some athletes. Breckenridge has a team that's bringing back a lot. They've got. Um, a lot of experience coming back from a team that went 500, but they've got a lot of depth for you know for girls basketball. You're seeing some programs just kind of lacking numbers. Cowgirls, I know, can play 10-11. They've got a chance to be uh, pretty good in, in Section 8 AA as well. And I think in Class A, you always think about what Ada Borup's done in recent years. And do they have another another tournament run in them here as well uh, in Class A? This is Prep Spotlight. Chase Miller and Brad Anderson. Again, we're going to talk a little spud hockey around the corner. But before then, Brad, uh, let's go to the EDC here and we'll hit more about hockey and wrestling as the month of December and January rolls in. But in the EDC, I think this year on the on the boys' side, you know, Fargo Davies, they lost to Matt Vites of the world, a team that took fourth last year in Class A that had high as you mentioned aspirations for the Moorhead Spuds in Lisbon. Well, Fargo Davies, they were ranked number one for a good portion of the latter half of the season. They fall a short in Class A. A Fargo Shanley, they're bringing Seville back. They're bringing Cava back. They got some high-powered athletes. West Fargo, you got Pistorius back. I believe Sufi is there as well for the Packers. So there's some, there's some talent here, and we haven't really talked too much about North or South here in the last couple of years, Brad. South might be a sleeper, I think, just which is just with some of the talent they're bringing back with Johnson and uh, and Howard, and you know it's a program that's kind of been on the the down end here the last couple of years, but I think they'll be on the up and up. You know, North without Sam, you know, you kind of wonder what's uh, you know have some guys be able to step up, but I think it's going to be a work in progress there. You know, what about Cheyenne? We've seen that that program that's had. You know, had its ups and downs a little bit, and they're probably looking at it to be in the in the middle of the pack. And is there, you know, is there maybe somebody else? I know Wapitan's kind of retooling. Valley City's kind of that same way. Red River's maybe down a little bit from where they've been in the past. But you know, if there's a, there's a sleeper or two. I look at South, possibly Cheyenne, but uh, South, I think, the team is definitely going to improve. And last year's senior class, think about it, Colin Trottier, you know, he's yeah. playing college basketball and from, from West Fargo, Cheyenne, so you got a lot of guys, Vite, uh, I believe, is over at Concordia right yep. now playing, so you got some college hoops if you went to some games in the Fargo-Moorhead area last year. On the girls' side, Fargo-Shanley finally saw their reign come to an end a little bit in Class A when Bismarck Legacy picked them off in the championship game. And now Akili Moten's gone from West Fargo. Tyler Irwin's gone. By the way, they're both D1 athletes right now and doing pretty well so far. Moten at UND, Irwin at South Dakota State. 
Who on the eastern side in the EDC and Class A girls' bread do you think is going to be at the top? Does Fargo Shanley maybe move down a couple notches, or do they stay where they're at? I think I think they'll be in the conversation. You probably got to look at Davies and what they have. Grace Geffrey and, and, and Kotsik, it seems like they've been playing forever since about their eighth and ninth grade years, I think. So I think they've got to be in the conversation. Um, Shanley's not going to go away. I think they'll definitely be there as well. Maybe a team like, you know, if Red River going to, you know, make a run perhaps. You know, I I think it's probably right now probably a two-horse race. I think West Fargo may be down a little bit. They've got a new head coach in Mike Benson. We'll see, you know, can Cheyenne with Maggie Manson's a very, very impressive shooter. and has been a nice young player in the EDC. Can she help the, the Mustangs make uh, work their way up the standings? But I think right now, as it stands, probably a two-horse race with the Deacons and the Eagles. And you can never overlook a Tim Jacobson club. That, Absolutely. That, that is for sure. Brad, before we take a break, who do you have coming up on deck here on Prep Spotlight? John Ammerman, head uh, boys hockey coach of the Moorhead Spuds, went down to the Twin Cities split a pair of games. Nice win over Brainerd uh, last night, and uh, well, they log a lot of miles. And uh, you know, and one thing we'll talk about is you know you hear a lot about about the Metro schools, the Edinas and Bloomington Jeffersons and St. Thomas Academy. Where does an outstate school like Moorhead fit in? Is their style a little bit different? And uh, they've definitely garnered the respect of uh, programs around the state. So we'll visit with. Um, We'll visit with John about that, talk about Carter Ranclev, who started the year with the Force, coming back to play uh, play high school hockey with Moorhead, and uh, that and much more coming up here shortly. All right, should be a lot of fun. About 10 minutes after the hour, quick timeout, Spud Hockey Chat. That's next here on Prep Spotlight. Back on Prep Spotlight, 740 The Fan, 740thefan.com and 107.3 FM. In Fargo-Moorhead is the... Uh, Winter sports season underway, and it's uh, another highly anticipated season for the Moorhead Spuds boys hockey team, and they got things going in the Twin Cities, splitting a pair of games uh, over the weekend. And they'll, uh, they'll log a lot of miles, see a lot of great opponents here as they look to get back to the uh, state tournament and a trip to the state finals. John Ammerman, head coach of the uh, Spuds boys hockey team, joins us. First of all, thanks for joining us this evening. Thanks for having us. Uh, you know, it, it's always good to talk spud hockey, and the season is upon us, and it's uh, starting in a hurry here. Yeah, you uh, got a chance to be a part of that uh, uh, kind of an opening weekend tournament down in the Twin Cities. Uh, you split and win over Lakeville North, and then uh, your first regular season loss in a while, uh, 7-4 to uh, another another highly ranked team in St. Thomas Academy. Just a first off recap last weekend. Sure. Uh, we're two weeks into the season now, and uh, obviously we have a lot of returning guys, so people have been kind of excited to see uh, what we can and can't do, and I think we saw both this past weekend. On Friday, we played a Lakeville North team that uh, I think maybe surprised some people in how they played over the weekend. They had uh, two different goaltenders that played um, their first varsity or career starts, and they started about 10 brand new guys in terms of their first varsity action. And they put up a good fight uh, for both of them. And, and uh, we were pretty impressed with how, uh, how hard they played, but uh, we found a way to win and, you know, it was a good starting game. I think we got a good measure of what we, what we can do with the puck. And uh, we were able to score goals from different players. So that was kind of exciting as well. And then on Saturday, uh, we played a St. Thomas team that was also in the state tournament last year and kind of have a, a similar situation where they returned the goaltender, a lot of forwards and a few defensemen. And uh, that was uh, as entertaining of a game as uh, maybe you could have early this season, but maybe not the the best game as a coach watching. Um, not a lot of defense being played on either side, and uh, they were able to score a few more. But it was good for us to get uh, – 
get playing and get some uh, information on tape and and now hopefully we can build from there so it's a starting point and two good opponents and uh, we like where our team's at but hopefully uh you know in the next week here when we play some section opponents we play a little bit better Yep, you get uh, into Section 8 AA with the likes, obviously, of Rozo, and you'll get Buffalo coming up this weekend. How does your uh, your section kind of had a different look? It was kind of for, for a lot of years it was you guys and Rozo, and then now you're starting to some of these, uh, you know, Buffalo, St. Michael Albertville is a program that's really improved here in the last few years. So it's is the section starting to get a little bit of a different look to it? Well, I, I think so, and part of that has to do with geography. Um you know, our, our section is as challenging um, geographically as maybe anything in the state. Um, and, and maybe, and I'm, I guess I don't know enough about some sports or activities, but maybe the largest geographical section um, in the state. We go from Rogers, Minnesota, which you know, we here would consider a, a metro suburb, to Moorhead all the way north to Roseau. So really we have the whole northwest portion of the state. And, um, you know, those are teams that we have on a regular season schedule. Uh, we, we, this year for the first time in a long time, we have every single team and, uh, Rosa will continue to be a team at the end of the year. That'll give teams fits just because of uh, the tradition that they have. But, you know, Brainerd, um, is a team that returns a heck of a lot. And, um, you know, I know coach Oss has, uh, high expectations and their community has highest expectations for them. Uh, Bemidji has kind of seen a resurgence here over the last couple of years. Uh, and then uh, those two teams you mentioned, Buffalo and, and St. Michael, they've had a few good classes here in a row that really are looking to challenge uh, for a state tournament bid. So uh, our work is definitely cut out for us. And, uh, you know, sometimes uh, I guess coaches look at it different ways. I look at it as you know, this is the first half of the season mm-hmm. up until the holiday break or Christmas break, and you kind of figure out what you can do. And then uh, the second half is when you really uh, need to teach and, and go with what you got. So um, this will be a, a great litmus test for where we're at uh, these next couple of weeks. And then uh, hopefully we're able to turn the table at the new year and, and hopefully uh, put together a stretch run. John Ammerman, head uh, boys hockey coach with Moorhead Spuds, joining us here on Prep Spotlight. Uh, number of seniors, a lot of experience you have coming back. And uh, Carter Ranclev, who I got a chance to see him a couple of times play for the Fargo Force, and he uh, he looked like he belonged at that uh, level. Comes back uh, to you and three goals over the weekend, and uh, he just he looks like he's in midseason form already. Yeah, and, and him getting that experience at the USHL level, I think, was pretty valuable in the way that guys go about their work. And also, he was able to see kind of what he needs to work on. But he's off to a great start. He's a dynamic player with the puck and, and sees things a little bit differently than a lot of players at this level. Uh, and then you add in guys like Cole O'Connell on his line and Jack Stetz, two guys that now um, are pretty impressive in, in what they've been able to do, and Cole especially his fourth year playing varsity hockey so he he's uh playing at a different pace this year and we're excited to see what he can do um you know obviously a, a very dynamic player in his own right but a two-way centerman that we've really been impressed with and closing in on 100 career points and, and then we have uh our, our next line of uh clevin hinkemeyer howe and dronin uh, only one senior on that line but they they've been our best line so far uh which we've been really impressed with and then um our, our goaltender lance leonard we're we're excited to him uh for him to get kind of on a roll here. He, uh, at the end of last year was playing uh at a different level and maybe was the best goalie in the state and now coming back 
as a senior, um, you know, knows how things work and, uh, we're excited to see him, uh, kind of settle in and, and take control of the game. So we like our team, um, especially with the seniors we have, um, that top line and a few defensemen and our goaltender, uh, give us a chance to win every night. Uh, maybe some newcomers coming up, maybe some of those underclassmen make, making that, uh, making that next step from, let's say the, the junior varsity level up to the varsity level. Who are some of those guys that, uh, you're expecting to, you know, take that next step in spot hockey? Well, um, I already mentioned their names, but Clevin and Hinkemeyer Howe have been mm-hmm. really good so far this year. And uh, Kyler was a second-line winger for us, but kind of under the radar. He was a sophomore last year that um, kind of quietly went about his business and almost had a point to game. Uh, and the same thing with Isaac. And this year, in the first two to three weeks, they're um, last year they were there, and this year they're, they're starting to impose their will and, and their next-level players. Um, and that's been really fun to watch. And um, the same with Ethan Fresh. Last year as a sophomore, um, he was already one of the best defensemen in the section. And now as a junior, he might be one of the best defensemen in the state. So uh, we're really excited about those juniors. Um, right now, the way our lines kind of shake out, uh, we only have one sophomore um, that's getting regular minutes, and that's Luke Grammer. But uh, as the season progresses, I, I would imagine that a few more sophomores will kind of compete for uh, some time. But that's a huge jump coming up from bantam hockey. Um, and generally around uh, the holiday tournament is when those guys start to you know, get their feet under them and kind of figure out the way to do things, and, and they start to contribute. Um, and you know, up until that point, some of the seniors maybe uh, have a little bit of a longer leash, but uh, mm-hmm. competition is a good thing. And uh, well, maybe, I mean, there's a very good chance we'll see some sophomores here in the next few weeks jump in the lineup. I know the high school hockey community knows what, what goes on in Moorhead or Rose Zone. You get a chance to go down there. You did last weekend. You'll get to do so over the holidays. Uh, you've got the Hockey Day in Minnesota event in St. Cloud. Uh, even though you're kind of sitting in one corner of the state, uh, do you, do you, you know, talk to other coaches in the Metro or do you kind of, do people down there know what you have up here and how special it is up here? Yeah, and I I think Minnesota hockey has really done a nice job of um, tipping their hat to Moorhead. You know, I'm kind of the beneficiary of what uh, our youth hockey program does. Um, We have have an endless supply of players, you know. Um, In this area, we're we're a big program, but compared to the Wyzettas and Edinas and some of those other programs, we have a fraction of the players. Um, But the, the focus on development and individual uh, fundamental skills that our youth hockey association puts on um, is pretty impressive. Our return on investment in our players is very high. And um, there's obviously a culture that's been created over the past two to three decades that um, has really, really focused on doing things the right way and not getting caught up in maybe winning or, you know, um, being over the top at the younger ages and hopefully, uh, letting athletes develop and allowing them to play multiple sports. And uh, we kind of have the best of both worlds here. We're a big school, but we're also uh, away from the Metro where we're a little bit shielded from some of those specialization things that they have going down, on down there. But uh, it's a fun program to be a part of, obviously. And, and this team especially is uh, is being noticed by quite a few people throughout the state. So hopefully uh, – our kids are able to keep it between the lines and work hard and um, be rewarded in the end. 
Puzzle take on Buffalo coming up uh, this weekend, and then another uh, key section matchup with Bemidji coming up on Tuesday the 5th. John Ammerman, head coach of the Moorhead Boys hockey team, appreciate you joining us here on Prep Spotlight. We'll uh, maybe catch up again later in the year, but thanks again. All right, sounds great. Thank you, and go Spuds. Always appreciate the visit with uh, head coach John Ammerman of the Moorhead Spuds boys hockey team. We will wrap up Prep Spotlight in just a moment here on 740 The Fan. Back on Prep Spotlight here on 740 The Fan, 740thefan.com, and our free mobile app. Oh, by the way, if you're in the Fargo-Moorhead metro area, you can tune in to 107.3. And I know, Brad, you and I have been commenting on it. You can go a little bit outside the metro and get that as well. You can, boy. It's got a nice, uh, it's not intended to go a long ways, <laughs> but it goes a lot farther than I thought. If you go, uh, you go kind of west and southwest and down to the south, I haven't uh, seen how far it goes east and southeast, but uh, it's... Uh, it's a nice way to listen to the fan uh, in FM stereo, whether you listen to Barrero or games or whatever the case may be. It's a nice option for you. From there, we've mentioned a little bit about basketball. We've hit on a little hockey with Moorhead Spuds Hockey. And from here, Brad, let's get on the wrestling mat. We've already had a couple duels go on. Some tournaments are coming up in the back end of the co- of the next couple of weeks. And where would you like to go for uh, high school wrestling? Well, I'll tell you, there's a uh, annual tournament down in Wapiton every year. It's an early season tournament that they get. Uh, a mixture of some Class A, some Class B, even some Minnesota schools, but that Dan Unruh tournament, which uh, I know they're having this year at Wapiton High School. Some years they have it at the Blickery Activity Center, but it's uh, so a Wapiton High on uh, Friday night and Saturday. You really get a good cross section of teams. You get a, you know primarily Class A. You'll get a few Class B teams. I know Lisbon's been there. Uh, you might get a few Minnesota teams that come over, but it's uh, a you know a, a good mix of teams that's coming up this weekend. Then girls basketball over in the Minnesota side. We talked about uh, DGF and the talent that they uh, have. They're going to be hosting a, um, they call the tip-off classic. There is uh, four games going on on uh, Saturday over in Glendon. Sacred Heart takes on Breckenridge at 1230. Oak Grove and Frazee at 230. Barnesville and Thief River Falls at 430. And then DGF and Kindred, that'll be a fun matchup. That'll be uh, on a Saturday around 630. So if, uh, if you're a fan of some hoops, you can check that out all day and a good uh, good mix and some good talent that'll be on display there. And you don't get a DGF-Kindred matchup or an Oak Grove-Holly-Barnesville uh, mm-hmm. type of matchup too often either, so it's kind of fun to see what the two brands of basketball are. However, in Minnesota, you still don't have to play with the shot clock, and Kindred might not be used to that with how they like to play. Uh, well, that's true. There is uh, You wouldn't think... That's a huge adjustment. Plus, you're playing in halves as well instead of quarters. It's a little longer game, and I mean, I think that four extra minutes is a big deal. But uh, you know, maybe if you're a little thin depth-wise, it might be. But uh, just one of the few subtleties. You know, maybe the some people say on the Minnesota side, uh, the officiating is a little bit different. They you know maybe call. You guys say maybe things are they they let a few things go on the Minnesota side, maybe more so in North Dakota. It, it kind of varying opinions on that, but. Four games at Tip-Off Classic over in Glendon on uh, Saturday. Should be a lot of fun. Got girls basketball here tomorrow night um, with Northern Cass and Mayport CG. That'll be over actually on Duke FM tomorrow yeah. night. Jack Michaels will have the call at 730 as he likes to call it the Palace on the Prairie. So Northern Cass. And it's one of my favorite places to broadcast. They've from. had some pretty good teams in boys hoops the last couple of years. The girls basketball has been a little bit down. But as you said, they are looking to kind of turn the leaf a little bit here uh, this year. So it should be a lot of fun. Brad, as always, thanks for the time. We'll do it next week. All right. Sounds great. This has been Prep Spotlight. By the way, if you do want to listen to any of our previous shows, you can do so by going to 740thefan.com. Click on the podcast section and you'll see Prep Spotlight. You can hear everything from earlier on the year. ESPN Radio is next on 740 The Fan.